Today we're beginning a new series called Get Smart. The only way to do that successfully over the long haul is that you have to develop wisdom. For the next 10 weeks, we will look at ways you can apply wisdom to basically every area of your life. Your spiritual life, your job, your friendships, finances, just about everything. Our source for this series is the book of Proverbs. Let's read from the very beginning of Proverbs. It says, The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for attaining wisdom and discipline, for understanding words of insight, for acquiring a disciplined and prudent life, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance, for understanding proverbs and parables and the sayings and riddles of the wise. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction, and don't forsake your mother's teaching. They will be a garland to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. In 1991, a young man named Adam Brown was preparing to go to college. His dad, H. Jackson Brown, decided to write down the most important things his son would need to know as he prepared for life in the real world. He put this advice in the form of a little booklet, and eventually the booklet was published under the title Life's Little Instruction Book. It sold millions of copies. Well, approximately 3,000 years ago, King Solomon did the same thing. He was the wisest man ever, and he compiled a collection of the wisdom he had accumulated over the years and presented it to his son to help him, as we just read, attain wisdom and discipline. This collection is called the Book of Proverbs. It's the original life's little instruction book, and it contains advice for getting it together and keeping it together in all areas of life. Here's the backstory about King Solomon. The Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream, and God said, Ask for whatever you want me to give you. How would you like that to happen to you? Well, Solomon said, Give your servant an understanding mind and hearing heart to judge your people, that I may discern between good and bad. In other words, Solomon asked for wisdom. God was pleased with Solomon's request, and he said, Since you've asked for wisdom and not for a long life or wealth or power over your enemies, I'll give you what you ask for, plus I'll give you what you didn't ask for, wealth, honor, and a long life. So God gave Solomon wisdom, and he passed that wisdom on to us in the book of Proverbs. Solomon realized when you have wisdom, you have everything else. It all falls into place. If you have wisdom, you'll not only be able to make money, you'll know how to keep it. If you have wisdom, you'll be able to find and develop lasting friendships. If you have wisdom, you'll know what to say and when to say it. If you have wisdom, you'll know how to avoid a lot of misery and you'll know how to maximize your personal happiness. If you have wisdom, you'll be able to raise your kids the right way. If you have wisdom, you'll be able to sleep at night because you won't be dreading the consequences of your actions. When you have wisdom, you have everything. So where do we get wisdom? Obviously, in my opinion, the Bible is the best source. 
You can look for wisdom elsewhere and maybe you'll get some of it, but it's hit and miss. When you get wisdom from the Bible, it will prove to be right every time. In fact, the Bible draws a clear distinction between God's wisdom and human wisdom. Proverbs says, There's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. How many people do you know who go after numerous life pursuits? And you can just see it coming, that dead-end street, but they keep right on going until they fall flat on their face. Maybe that's happened to you. It's never happened to me. That's a joke. Our natural tendency is not toward wisdom. It's towards foolishness. If we follow our natural instincts all the time through life, we can find that many of those things that seem like good ideas at the time prove to be bad choices. It's the classic argument against, if it feels good, do it. It doesn't always work out right just because it feels good. In order to succeed in life, you need wisdom. Proverbs shows us how to get it and how to apply it to our lives on the most basic level. There are no abstract theological concepts in the book of Proverbs. No obscure philosophical ideas. It's simply verse after verse, page after page, plain, straightforward, practical wisdom. Today we'll open this series with a look at what wisdom is and how we get it cranked up in our lives. Let's look at the definition of wisdom. What is wisdom? Well, it's not necessarily about your IQ. Wisdom is not about how smart you are necessarily. You know, I know a lot of people who could be the smartest in the room, but they don't necessarily make all the best choices. When you see the word wisdom or wise person in the Bible, it really means a person who's following God, whose morals are following God. When you see the word fool or foolishness, it means that they are not following God's ways. Wisdom is this. It's the ability to make good decisions. Now you may say, making good decisions, that's not enough. You also have to act on those decisions. But think about it. Whether or not you take action is in itself a decision. A wise person will not put off the decision to take action. Wisdom is the ability to make good decisions about what to do, about what not to do, about what to say and what not to say about when to take action, about how to take action. Wisdom is the ability to make those good decisions. If you know the right thing, well, okay, you're enlightened, you're intelligent. If you know the right thing and choose to do it, that's wisdom. As you develop wisdom, the difference it will make in your life is that it will give you the ability to make good decisions. Now let's look at the benefits of wisdom. Proverbs says a lot about the benefits of wisdom, what having wisdom will do for you. In the first nine chapters of Proverbs, there are at least ten benefits. Let's go through them quickly. Ten ways to benefit from wisdom. They all start with a letter P, so maybe you can memorize them. Perception is the first one. Wisdom gives you an accurate perception of life. It says, then you'll understand what is right and just and fair, every good path, for wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Prevention. Wisdom will prevent you from engaging in self-destructive behavior. 
Wisdom will save you from the ways of wicked men. It will save you also from the adulteress. Then you will go on your way in safety and your foot will not stumble. Another one is prolonged life. Keep my commands in your heart for they will prolong your life many years. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Long life is in wisdom's right hand. For through me your days will be many and years will be added to your life. People ask, how will wisdom add years to my life? Well, think about one simple way. It reduces stress. It lowers blood pressure. If you've got a lot of wisdom, if you know what to do, when to do it, how to do it, that's going to give you less stress in your life. Having wisdom adds years to your life. And as the cliche goes, it adds life to your years. Another benefit of wisdom is peace. As you develop wisdom, you will experience more and more peace. Wisdom's ways are pleasant ways, and all her paths are peace. When you lie down, you'll not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Terry, my wife, for years prayed this for our kids when we got ready to go to bed at night. Give us sweet sleep, Lord. Another benefit is prosperity. Wisdom will bring you prosperity. In wisdom's left hand are riches and honor. Proverbs says so much about the connection between wisdom and wealth that we're going to spend an entire message on this subject. Another one is poise. Have you ever seen someone who is at ease in every situation? I don't mean cocky or arrogant. I'm talking about a quiet type of confidence. Wisdom gives you that. Have no fear of sudden disaster, for the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your feet from being snared. Protection is another one. Wisdom will keep you safe. The fourth proverb says, Don't forsake wisdom and she'll protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. Precision. This is a great one for all you perfectionists out there. Wisdom gives you the ability to take the right number of steps, in the right direction, at the right pace. It says when you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. Prudence. There's a word for you. If it wasn't for former President George H.W. Bush, this word might not be recognizable. We've all heard the phrase from George Bush, not gonna do it, wouldn't be prudent. <laughs> the word prudent or prudence appears more than a dozen times in the book of Proverbs. It means caution or discretion or good sense. Wisdom helps you exercise caution when you need to. That sense to hold back when you need to. It says in the 8th proverb, I, wisdom, dwell together with prudence. I possess knowledge and discretion. And the last one here is a good one. Payoff. The ninth proverb says, if you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. Now think about it. Peace, confidence, a longer life, prosperity, understanding and good sense, a sense of direction, protection, and on top of that, more rewards, wisdom is worth having. I mention all these benefits because I want us to say throughout this series, at least by the end of it, I want us to say, I gotta have wisdom. We need to know that wisdom is available to anyone who wants it. And we've got to go after it with everything we've got. So how do we get it? Well, of course, it's a process, but here's how we get started. The beginning of wisdom, Proverbs 9.10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. 
You start on the path to wisdom by putting God first. That's the wisest thing you'll ever do. Give God the place he deserves in your life. When I say put God first, I mean specifically choose Jesus to be the leader of your life. That's where the path to wisdom begins. And from there, we go to the practicum, the practice of wisdom. What can you do to put wisdom to work in your life? How do you get it cranked up? When you hear the term wise man, what do you think of? Well, most people think of someone old and gray, weathered in time, with decades of experience behind him. Well, guess what? You don't have to wait till you're old and gray to become wise. You can become wise now, even if you're young and green. Now, granted, developing wisdom is a process that grows over the years, and the older you are, the more wise you can become. But you can also benefit from wisdom right now. Even if up to this very moment you've been an absolute fool, you can start practicing wisdom today. If you've started on the path to wisdom by putting God first in your life, here are three things you can do to put wisdom to work right away. First of all, believe in consequences. Pick up the clue phone and believe that there are consequences. When you got up this morning and you made coffee, why didn't you mix a little poison in with the sugar and the cream? Because you knew better, right? You know the consequences of drinking poison, so you very wisely chose not to put arsenic in your coffee. Congratulations, you've taken the first step in practicing wisdom. Now, that same belief you have in the consequences of drinking poison, apply that to every other area of your life. The reason we do some of the stupid things we do is because we don't believe in consequences. We think we'll get away with it. Oh, nobody's looking. I'll get away with this one. Look at even some of the simple things. We think we can eat pizza and ice cream without gaining weight. We think we can smoke two packs a day without losing a lung. We think we can yell and scream at our kids and still be a positive influence on them. And it simply doesn't work. Our actions have consequences. Solomon made reference to the foolish disregard of consequences when he said, Can a man scoop fire into his lap without his clothes being burned? Of course, the answer is obvious. Fire burns. That's the inevitable consequence. You know, Proverbs is actually a book of consequences. And the message you'll hear repeated throughout the next 10 weeks is, Behavior produces corresponding results. Believe in consequences. Now, when I say believe in consequences, I'm not just talking about the bad ones. I'm talking about good ones, too. All behavior produces corresponding results. Good behavior produces good results. One of the reasons we don't do some of the things we know we should do is because we have a what's-the-use mentality. No matter how hard you try, you'll never get ahead. We've been told that over and over again. But Proverbs teaches the opposite. Proverbs teaches that we can count on consequences. You do this good thing, this good thing will happen. Behavior produces corresponding results. Here's a few examples in Proverbs. He who gathers money little by little makes it grow. Well, that's the consequence of saving. 
He who ignores discipline comes to poverty and shame. That's a consequence. All hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. Those are consequences too. You can count on those. Do nothing but talk and you'll end up poor. Put some action behind your words, you'll be able to build something for yourself. If you want to put wisdom to work in your life, believe that everything you do creates a corresponding result. Believe in consequences. Another thing is learn by example. You don't have to graduate from the school of hard knocks in every area of life. You can learn some lessons from others. Here's a funny story that illustrates this idea perfectly. This guy is admitting his stupidity. He says, On the first day of our honeymoon, my wife and I were having breakfast, and she took a drink of her milk and made an awful face and said, Oh, this milk is sour. I reached for her glass and said, Are you sure? I took a drink, and sure enough, a foul-smelling lump of curdled milk slid down my throat. Of course, I coughed and sputtered and gagged, but I will never forget the look she gave me. We had been married less than 24 hours, and now she's thinking, What kind of idiot did I just agree to spend the rest of my life with? I told him the milk was sour, and he still took a drink. You don't have to learn every lesson by personal experience. Learn from others. Follow their example. Get their advice. Surround yourself with people who are wiser than you. Solomon said, He who walks with the wise grows wise. To practice wisdom, tap into the wisdom of others. Learn by example. And the third thing, immerse yourself in God's wisdom immerse yourself in his wisdom. How do we do that? One thing we can do is read the Bible, read his word. In fact, since we're doing this series, I would recommend you begin with the book of Proverbs. As you read these words day after day, and other words in the Bible, they will seep into your consciousness and make a difference in the decisions you make. There's a book called Transformational Discipline. It's a research book, some of it, and uh, research that they found said that the number one predictor of spiritual maturity, the number one thing that is the indicator of someone being transformed into the likeness of Jesus is reading the Bible. Bible illiteracy is a problem with a lot of Christians. Here's what I do. You don't have to do the exact same thing, but here's what I do. I read the Bible just about every day. Some of the Bible every day, a little bit sometimes, a lot other days. Also on a regular basis, I listen to and read from preachers and teachers. Sometimes I'll go over the same recording or the same blog as many as a dozen times over a couple of months. Sometimes I listen to Christian music and I pay attention to the biblical message, not just the cool beat, but what is it saying? My goal here is to surround myself with wisdom. Even in the Great Commission, where it says, go make disciples of all people, baptizing them. You know, we baptize people here in water. But notice this verse in Matthew doesn't limit itself to water. It says, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That's why we say that when we baptize people in water. But the actual verse doesn't say baptize them in water. It says baptize them into the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. 
In other words, immerse them in the Word of God, in the things of God, in God Himself, in in the music about God. And ultimately, watch this, ultimately it happens through our own thoughts. When we immerse ourselves with God's wisdom, the things of God, eventually it gets into our thoughts and that's what comes out. So we've covered a lot of territory today. And we've laid a good foundation for the next nine weeks. The book of Proverbs shows us how to get it together and how to keep it together. It shows us how to make good decisions. Good decisions are easier to make when you recognize that every action produces a corresponding result. Now, not later, but now you can begin to practice wisdom in your life. So put God first believe in consequences, and start surrounding yourself with wisdom. So are you ready to spend the next nine weeks digging into Proverbs and becoming wise people in the sight of God? Yeah, let's do it.